This is Coffee with Closers, a show about real estate agents by real estate agents. We'll highlight local real estate agents to share their successes, celebrate their failures, and learn who they are outside of real estate. Like, where was I born? Sure. She uh, answered, yeah, that's how <laughs> she answered it. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was actually, uh, so I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. So you didn't know that. Yeah. It's two for two now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you, I usually don't tell people that, because like, I, we moved to uh, Wisconsin before I was even two years old, so like, I literally have zero memories of Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm not sure I knew the Wisconsin part either. Okay, well then the Is yeah, that where the weird. hockey comes from? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, was there till just before I turned seven, but yeah, that's, I actually grew up playing on an outdoor hockey rink. So oh, that really? was, um, yeah, that's where I got got my uh, my skating legs. I was skating on shitty ice in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> is, there, um, is that like actually on a rink or do you, do you skate on random ponds in Wisconsin? Uh, it was actually, you know, it was actually a rink. Um, so they just had built boards. I mean, it probably was a pond at one time. Uh, but they built uh, built boards around it. And then uh, the parents with snow shovels were the Zamboni. And Are you serious? Even, yeah, they didn't even have an actual Zamboni. Like brooms too or just? I'm sure they used brooms as well. But, you know, they had to get the Did you? So you would off. play hockey on a random, like, lake rink and the parents stand outside and watch? Yeah. Because that sounds even more brutal to be a parent then. It was. My, uh, my brother and I talk about how we've got permanent damage in our feet and our hands because they're always cold and we're pretty sure we got frostbite damage at an early age and we've never recovered that sounds awful yeah well it was a lot of fun when you were kids so yeah (laughs) so when so you moved to carmel when you were seven then right uh yeah yeah it was um yeah that's just a yes answer okay (laughs) uh uh, yeah no he uh we moved here my my dad was a traveling salesman so he um uh, he ended up just taking a new position that, that brought us to Indy where my entire family's from the Indianapolis area. I'm the only one that was not born in, in Indiana. Oh, okay. uh, so it was kind of returning to their home for everybody else. Okay. So then is that how you got into real estate? Cause your dad did sales or what was that transition? No, actually there's no real connection, um, to how I got into real estate. Um, what actually happened was after I had no idea what I wanted to do when I got out of high school. Uh, I knew I was not going to go to college without knowing what I wanted to do because I was going to have to take out massive student loan uh, debt, and that just made absolutely no sense to me. So um, I took that first probably six months after high school to figure out what I wanted to do, Um, and I just got exposed to real estate, believe it or not, through infomercials, like, you know, those investor... (laughs) People doing the the infomercials. I, I want to say it was like Carlton Sheets or something. I think he was the guy at the time. It was that was a while ago, but um, I saw that and I was like, "Well, this is stupid. Why don't I just actually be a real estate agent?" Okay. And I started looking into it, and I, I was just blown away about how minimal of a time commitment and investment it was to become a real estate agent. And I was like, "And people do this for their careers. It's like this is a no brainer. I'm going to go do this because I can get my real estate license in a month." Um, but I had no idea what real estate actually was. This is so funny to me because like if you, when you think about the fact that you run an operations division and running operations means being logical and reasonable, your whole thought process was, I'm not going to go take out a bunch of student loan debt on something I don't know what I'm going to do. So rather than be in debt, I'll go figure out what I want to do first. Yeah. And most people never go to college with that mindset. 
<laughs> yeah, they, they can't wait to party and get away from the parents. Yeah, or <laughs> change majors later or figure it out or that's what everyone else is doing. What yeah. makes you think that way? Um, that's a great question. I don't know what makes me think that way. Yeah. I, uh, I've always made decisions by thinking through. I, know, I don't do what somebody tells me to do. If somebody tells me to do it, I'm going to ask them what's, what's the reason behind it. Why, yeah. am I, why am I doing that? And there's not a good reason. I'm not going to just do it because that's what's expected of me. Um, I think probably in my high school years is when I started to, I was always a little bit rebellious, but I think in my high school years, um, my rebellion turned more into uh, rebellious productivity, I guess. It was, I rebelled against things that didn't make logical sense to yeah. me to move forward. Um, and I always had to try and figure it out or at least come, I had to come up with my own answers in order to make a decision. Yeah. So even if I hear it from somebody else, I still need to get clarity for myself in order to, to make that jump or make that move. Um, I knew I needed to do something. I just didn't know what it was going to be. Uh, and real estate was the first thing that came up. I was like, wow, I can really control everything. I'm, I'm in charge of my own success. Um, and it's something I can get into without a ton of classroom time where I have to spend a bunch of time or money uh, doing something that I don't really enjoy. I just want to get into my career as, as quickly as possible. It's so funny that you mentioned the rebellious thing. I remember getting kicked out of advanced placement classes in elementary school. I was in the, the nerd division at school and, and I got kicked out eventually because I wouldn't write in cursive because writing in cursive made zero sense. Like it just <laughs> didn't make any, the why was irrelevant to me. And so I wouldn't do it. And I'm the same way. Do you think that's why we work well together? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very similar, uh, I had a very similar experience. Um, not getting kicked out necessarily, but I was also in base, uh, advanced placement courses. I think they were called GT classes where I went gifted and talented. Yeah, yep. And uh, I learned really fast that uh, being in a gifted and talented class just meant you got more homework. <laughs> you're literally in a class where you're supposed to be gifted and talented and you're learning the exact same subject matter, but it was getting more homework. Wow. So that was in my public school experience. And then uh, I ended up going to a private school and I actually deliberately failed my placement tests to get into the advanced placement courses. Um, luckily, the teachers there were really good, and actually one of, my, one of my teachers actually came to me in the lunchroom because I deliberately missed all of my math questions by one. <laughs> and uh, my math teacher came in and uh, basically forced me to retake the test because she said, You're, you shouldn't be in this class, you really should be in the advanced class, yeah. and I'm not gonna accept that. And, That's cool. Yeah, so I was like, that was a really good, yeah. I didn't like it at the time. Yeah, of course. Uh, but looking back, I'm like, that was a good, move on that teacher's part to recognize yeah. that, yeah, I actually can do that and, and push me into it. But um, that's just funny hearing you actually say that about not wanting to write in cursive. I was yeah, gonna I say, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna do the, I'm not gonna do the stupid assignments because you wanna give me an assignment. Yeah, correct. Uh, just because it was something I was supposed to do yeah. doesn't work that way. How do we carry that same mentality over into the business? How does that manifest itself with the Forney Group? <laughs> Uh, I think it's the critical thought, right? Mm -hmm. Where uh, you and I talk through a lot of problems and a lot of things and we try and actually think about what are potential problems, potential solutions. Um, we aren't just going to accept an answer or follow somebody else's model because that's what they do. Like if we don't have a, a clear understanding and, and know why, um, we're not gonna do it. And yeah. I think that's how it manifests itself in, in our business. You and I have both clearly think about what we're doing and yeah. what the result is. And I think that that just carries over. 
It's interesting because when we were talking about it yesterday, when we were talking about like the mission statement, vision, all that stuff, um, when we sat down, I guess almost three years ago now and kind of mapped that out, that was something that we wanted to make sure was actually like a key part of the business is always like challenging the conventional norm. Mm -hmm. How well does that get received locally, you think? How well does it get received locally? <laughs> yeah. By locally, you mean like within our own market? Yeah. Um, I think there's some appreciation. I think there's probably more, uh, I don't want to say negativity, but more people are less receptive to it than are. Yeah. Um, I think the business-minded people that we run into, uh, I think they see what we're doing and they actually appreciate the actions and the activities that we've done. Uh, we've even gotten thank you cards from agents yeah, that were surprising. True. Yeah. Um, not even doing a transaction with them necessarily, but seeing something that we've done and just thanking us or saying, hey, we love that you guys are doing that. Um, I just remember specifically the, the one about being closed on Sundays. And yeah. We had an agent actually write us a thank you card for that, and we didn't even yeah. do a transaction with her. She just saw it on our... On our listing, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, so that, that part's good. I think uh, it used to bother me that to have people that were critical of the way you're doing business. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't bother me so much because when a lot of it, it boils down to they either just don't understand it or they see it as an obstacle to their own success. True. And yeah. so the, the complaints that we get are usually um, because I can't get something or I can't yeah. do it the way I want to do it. Yeah. And frankly, that's not our, our interest. I know part mm -hmm. of our code of ethics is cooperation with agents, and we certainly cooperate with agents, uh, but our clients come first. Absolutely. And we're gonna do what makes the most sense yeah. to, for them to have success. And sometimes that isn't, uh, that isn't getting the most money. Sometimes they, yeah. want a, they want a smooth transaction, and so we'll adjust based on what their needs are. Um, but if we have a client that wants us to go for the jugular, we're, we're gonna do that. <laughs> And it may or may not be received well because it's likely going to challenge the play nice in the sandbox mm -hmm. mentality. Yeah. And that's what's fascinating about this industry is that that's such an unwritten rule. I mean, it is written, yes, and that there are, mm -hmm. like you said, there's a the code of ethics, but then there are a lot of things that are unwritten in the industry that we kind of have been accepted norms for so long that the two of us push back on mm -hmm. just by default. Yeah. I mean... I would say I've always pushed back on it like mentally. You yeah. actually put it more into action, which is <laughs> which is nice because now I'm like, okay, great. We actually get to try some of these ideas out and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so it's been a good environment for for trying different things and and yeah. Well, I mean, every once in a while we we ruffle some feathers and we we bother some people, but yeah, I think that happens regardless of what you do. So we've kind of asked everyone so far what what. What has your experience been in real estate and you have the most experience? Map that out a little bit as far as like what your experience looks like. Uh, well, it, that's a, a long, big map. Um, so I've been doing it for 16 years now. And what I got into real estate is not, I mean, I didn't, I was not thinking, oh, I'm gonna become an operations director for a team. That yeah. was not uh, anywhere in my, my radar. Um, I got into it because I wanted to flip properties, right? The very first thing I saw about real estate was buying investment properties, flipping them, and yeah. making, a, making a good amount of money on each flip. Uh, so I got into real estate thinking that's what I was gonna do and had no idea that I was really prospecting, meeting people, 
relationship building, which is the exact opposite of who I was. I was, yeah. I mean, I was voted most pessimistic in my in my <laughs> class. Um, I was not the most social person, um, but uh, you know, I I learned the business the hard way, which was getting into it and finding out that I didn't know what the business actually was, and then trying to change who I was in order to do that. I had a, a couple of obstacles. Obviously, I've, I've looked very young, and yeah. I was 19 at the time. I was trying to sell real estate, so I looked like I was in middle school. <laughs> um, and so that, that was the most common question I got from people was, are you old enough to sell real estate? So that was that was a tough objection to handle. And so really, I, I would consider myself a failed real estate agent. My first year, I made $2,000 in commissions. Uh, thankfully, I was living with my parents still. <laughs> but. Uh, what happened then was uh, at the end of that year, I was actually contemplating going back to school and uh, a new office manager took over. I was at a fairly large Century 21 office, that was where I started. And the office manager took over uh, the management of that office and she needed somebody to help uh, in the office. And I happened to be one of the only two people in that office that knew how to really use a computer. I mean, think how crazy that is That's today. ridiculous, yeah. Um, most agents didn't have their own desktop or laptop in the office, you had a bullpen where you had three or four computers, and that's where the agents went to pull information for clients. Uh, so it's just so different yeah. than what it is today. Um, but I was one of the only people in the office that knew how to actually enter those listings in into the internet so that they could access that information. So that's literally how I got my job, um, was having that one skill set. And just using the, kind of going back to the critical thinking and things like that, just being able to solve problems and work on issues and just take on things is how I continued to move up in that organization. So I was you know, assistant manager, I ran the relocation department, um, did uh, manage some of the staff, I wrote the policy and procedures for everybody at the every staff position so anybody could step in and actually do somebody else's position if they were sick or out for a length of time. Um, I did some of the, uh, the database backups, the IT work, things like that. So I really just got a well-rounded um, experience of working in a real estate office. So I really knew how all of the backend uh, pieces worked. Um, that office that I was at actually ended up getting bought out by another Century 21. So they consolidated and ended up becoming one of the largest brokers here in our market. Uh, but when that happened, it was pretty clear my job was gonna be disappearing and so uh, luckily I was with good people and you know we were actually looking for other opportunities and there just happened to be a, a pretty large uh, team that focused on bank-owned home sales and they needed somebody they'd gone through six people in the last six months and they needed somebody at that position that could that could do a lot of work and could also take a lot of shit because yeah. the guy was pretty difficult to work oh, yeah, for that's right um, so I ended up taking that position and that was it was a great move. It was during the recession, but I went into selling bank-owned homes. So it was actually like the best years. Yeah. Up to that point, those are like my best years. Was when everybody else was was struggling, unfortunately. But um, I got a ton of transaction experience. I learned valuation. I learned how to negotiate offers. Um, you know, I was closing, you know, anywhere from 100 to 120 homes a year uh, with this team, and not leaving the office. It was all computer work. Um, you know, checking photos, things like that. So. Got a really good experience there, um, and really when I wrapped that up, so I was do, did that for almost four years. Um, at that point, I really had the experience of everything in an office. I had done transactions, I had done all the back office stuff. There was pretty much nothing I did not know how it worked. 
and I've taken a managing broker position at uh, another local office um, here in our market. Did that for almost five years. That's actually where you and I met. You yeah. were you were an agent there, and um, that I was really just taking the skills that I had at that point and, and putting them into practice. Uh, but I did learn some additional things on the marketing and uh, website advertising, which was really eye-opening. That was something that nobody else was doing. And yeah. so that was that was actually the reason I went to that location. It was actually a pay cut for me. Um, but they they were doing something that nobody else was doing. And so I wanted to I wanted to see what that was about. And so I was able to do the management side and then learn that piece and then the rest is history. Now I'm, now I've been with you for just over here you three are. years now, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've kind of, we've asked like why the Forney group and then your answer is probably a little bit different because everybody else gets to be part of the, the group, so to speak, but mm -hmm. it was pretty much just, um, just for the most part, you and I. So why, I guess you and I, yeah, I guess the, really the question is why Eric Forney, which yeah, is probably a tough, right. it's probably a tw tough question for you to ask because yeah. you're like, wow, that sounds really egocentric. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, the thing that, uh, so right, I saw you as come in as a, as a new agent into our office and, uh, I saw your business take off. Um, I always saw you coming in wearing a suit and, yeah. and well presented. Um, anytime I asked you questions about how the business was going or what you needed, uh, you were always very direct and you really didn't need a whole lot. And so at that point I was just impressed with how you were managing your own business and yeah. the type of environment you, that you were in. Like, yes, I'm, I know a lot about real estate, but I was also managing 60 agents with a remote brokerage and there wasn't a lot of time for anybody, but yeah. you still stood out yeah. a lot to me. And um, seeing your growth, I, I personally saw opportunity mm -hmm. because uh, being in the business like I had, I've seen other top agents and I know that they all have assistance, and I knew that you were going to be in that position at some point, For or sure. you were gonna need some help. I, I mean, I really didn't know what your vision or anything was yeah. at this time, um, but that was when I, I still remember, it was in July, I reached out to you just to have a breakfast. Yeah. And so I don't know if you even had any idea what that breakfast was for or what we were doing, but nope. I just had one goal, and that was I wanted you to know that I was interested in potentially working with you. Yeah. Um, and then those those conversations went on for some time. Gosh, ten months. Ten months. Probably. Yeah, is yeah. what it took uh, before we actually started working together. But the question is why why Eric Forney or why yeah. the Forney Group? Uh, I was impressed with what you were doing with the, yeah. with your own business, and I knew that I had a skill set that could help you. Yeah, um, it was just a matter of did it make sense to to work together and and build something. I don't even know if there was a vision. I mean, I guess for myself, I don't think there was a mm -hmm. vision. I mean, I don't think there was, I don't, I don't think I had the ability to think big enough and long term enough for there actually to be a vision. And I think that sounds weird probably for people who know me now mm -hmm. to think that that wasn't possible. But I think that's one of the mistakes everybody makes is you, you see somebody like where they are today and then you think that they were at some totally different level than where, mm -hmm most people are five years ago, 10 years ago or whatever. So three years ago, yeah, there was no vision. Yeah, I think what was something that you'd said, and it was probably a couple of years ago now, but it was, I'd been working with you for at least a year at that point, but yeah. you, you'd made a comment. I can't remember if it was a speech or you're talking to somebody in general or whatever, but 
when you and I first met, it was I had an income goal and and we had a, a certain yeah. target that we had to hit in order for me to hit that income goal, and that was the plan. And and you made the comment that you were saying to yourself at that time, "That sounds great. We're never going to get there, so I don't have yeah. to worry about paying you that much." Yeah. And uh, you know, twelve months later, we surpassed that goal. Yeah. And I remember hearing you say that, and I was like, "Really? He didn't think we could do that?" Yeah. As like, it, it, it surprised me when I when I heard you say that. But then it makes sense, really, when you think about how mm-hmm. how much growth there's been and how much yeah. success there's been. It's it's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. But that was that was that was something that I kind of smiled and laughed at myself. I was like, "Really? He didn't think that we could do that when we I had know. that conversation." I remember you did it well. And call, I remember <laughs> I remember leaving and calling my my mom and telling her kind of what we talked about financially. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, great. We'll t- we'll." We'll do that because I don't, I don't know when that's ever going to happen anyway. And yeah, yeah, twelve months later, we hit that we hit that metric, <laughs> and that wasn't. I mean, it sounded like a good goal to set, but but I'm not sure that I actually believed it. Yeah. And then sooner or later, it happened. So that, like that's the hard part, I guess, or that's the interesting thing is like, I wish I could think back to like what my mindset was that went from not thinking it was achievable to actually achieving it. Mm-hmm. But what would be your advice for somebody maybe in a similar position who, who um, obviously you were talent at the time, right? When we talk about proven talent, emerging talent, obviously you were talent, however you want to describe it. Um, what would be your advice for somebody in a similar position? What should they look for when looking for opportunity or who should they look for? Um, I guess clarify that a little bit for me on like in a similar position. So like somebody that kind of has my experience and yeah, okay. yeah. Um, really it's, I, it's looking for somebody to partner with. Yeah. Um, it's looking for a talented person that can help, help you reach your goals. And my, my particular situation, my skill set was not anywhere on the income producing side of the business. And one of the things that I noticed for myself I was like the people that make money are the ones that are closest to the sales. Yeah. And so I was looking for a talented agent to, I, I mean, I say that I was looking at, was I actively looking? No. Yeah. I mean, it, the opportunity came along and I was like, hmm, this is something that, that could work. Um, but if, if you're in my position where you're, you're in a rut or you're stuck, you, you've got skill sets, you know, you've, you've got talent. Um, it's looking for that opportunity to where you get to, to exercise that talent, um, and actually, you know, make something of it. And that's, that's what I saw with you was like, here's, here's somebody that's going somewhere and is going to need help. And I know that I have the skill set to help that person, whether they know it or not. That's true. Um, and so I think it's, it's identifying those people and reaching out to them and just starting to try and build a relationship, which is, it's funny because that's exactly what we tell people that are in the recruiting to do. Well, people that are looking for jobs need to do the same thing. Yeah. Identify people you'd like to work for and and start working with the original, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. So, uh, what was that one? I think Charlie Sheen and Leonardo DiCaprio. Was yeah, but the the one that came out in like the eighties. Oh, oh Wall is, Well, it was just Wall Street. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, right, you watch that movie, and what's he doing? Well, he's just reaching out to the top, the top hedge fund manager or yeah. whatever his role was. He literally reached out to him every single day because he wanted to work for him. And I think that's almost what you have to. Yeah. You identify who that person is, and then you you stay in front of them because at some point they're gonna need somebody. Well, that's interesting actually because uh, one of the lenders that we work with now 
she was told not to not to contact me that I wasn't going to do business with her like her coworker, she was like new to the business new to the mortgage business and it was like well don't don't even waste your time <laughs> like Eric won't take your call and then won't work with you and I don't remember how long it took before I finally agreed to take her call mm-hmm. or whatever but 10 months later we yeah. we work with her now yeah persistence pays off yeah everyone else said don't even waste your time yeah and uh, and I always think that's fascinating I mean what I don't want are more calls from people <laughs> but but it um, I mean that's that's a big difference is persistence and willpower yeah sometimes it eventually becomes something you can't ignore yeah and Absolutely. we're constantly trying to find things to ignore because we're all, we all need more time yeah and so it's natural for us to try and ignore everything that we can, right? How many advertisements do we ignore every day? Uh, but they, they keep spending ad dollars to try and grab our attention. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the, your least favorite part about real estate? Is it wrong to say the agents? I knew that was gonna be <laughs> it, dude. I was like, I already know this answer. I already know it. Um, um, no, I mean, the, the agents are essential, right? They're they do the job that I absolutely hate to do, which yeah. is, is be in front of and with customers every day and, and managing the emotions of the business. Um, I think that's, the, I think that's where you hit the nail on the head though, is that remember is like the agent side of the business is a highly emotional side of the business. Yeah. The operational side is really is like the puzzle piece part of it is you're mm-hmm. just laying tracks so that the train arrives at the station on time. Yeah, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. With the say, least amount of casualties. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully none. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the frustration in the operation side was, the, yeah, it comes from dealing with the agents, but yeah. a lot of times it's the agents that are trying to, they're trying to deal with a difficult situation. You got a client that has unreasonable expectations or um, dealing with another agent that's bringing a lot of emotion into the transaction when they mm-hmm. really isn't needed. Um so that's, I would say that's probably the least favorite part of it is dealing with the, it's so important like, to our yeah, business is the, is the relationships and the people. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, I would say the emotions that, that get involved are, are probably the, the what, thing that I like the least. What do you actually enjoy about it the most? Um, in, in what I'm doing in particular is trying to solve the problems to get to this this vision and not and knowing that there's not a I don't want to say not a clear path there's not a right path yeah true yeah there's uh it's constant decision making and figuring out what makes sense to put in place first what does that look like uh anticipating problems um trying to make things as efficient and smooth as possible for the team um I think that's what I enjoy the most um there are new things that constantly come up, you know, I don't, and when I say I like the pro it's not the day to day problems, right? The, the little crap that comes up with a transaction or a, a client or something like that. It's more of the bigger, bigger picture problems yeah. that are much more exciting. Like we've got a big vision of where we want to go. Um, and knowing that <clears throat> somebody like yourself is adamant about getting there is going to put the time, the money, the effort, the people into that project. Um, it's, it's exciting having that that big big problem to work on and, and figure out what that's going to eventually look like. What do you think is different about the Forney Group than other places? 
there's a lot different. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the things that we talked about, just like challenging the status quo. Yeah. That uh, this mindset of going into things where we're going to figure out the best solution and not like, yeah, we'll look at past precedent, but we're not going to use that to, to make our decisions. Um, we are just going to do something because that's how it's been done in the past. Yeah. I think that's exciting. Uh, the focus on growth and, and not just business growth, but personal growth, um, having goals. I was actually, you know, we had our business meeting yesterday and, yeah. you know, I'm putting together an email template to, to send out to our agents. And it was really fun going through each agent on the team and each, each staff member. And, uh, I'm putting on there, their names and then what their goals were, their personal goals yeah. on this email so that everybody on the team knows what everybody's goal is yeah. like i don't i've never run into that i've been on yeah, other teams sure. and i didn't know what anybody's individual goals were mm -hmm. never even came up and yeah. i've worked with those people for years and years and years um so that uh just a, a true team so we're actually working together and pulling together versus a team in name only yeah where we just report production numbers or ton of those. Yeah. yeah like i can't stand that yeah uh you're just a brokerage mm -hmm. and that's right i was running a brokerage it's not fun yeah I, I don't enjoy um managing a bunch of people that are all going in their own direction yeah. it's it's far more exciting um and engaging working as a group and yeah. and trying to uh, to make sure everybody's succeeding so what would you say the the culture is of of the team? As simple as I can sum it up would be, be the best. Yeah. I think, and you know, cause best can, can have a varying definition, but I think we want everybody to be the best of what they want to be. So it could be the best mom or the best dad. It could be mm -hmm. the best. Uh, the best real estate agent it could be the best uh the best athlete the best whatever um you know each person gets to define what that is but i think that we're always trying to promote the idea of whatever it is that you choose to to put your time and energy into that uh you're being effective with that time and you're doing it to the best of your ability yeah i think that's a good snippet definition really is because it honestly is like whatever the best is in the moment, be that. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's, you know, obviously we have, we have people in the company who will soon be parents, be the best parent then. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes that means that you're going to have to be out of balance as it pertains to the business. And that's okay. As long as, you're, mm -hmm. as, long as, you're, as long as the team knows that that's the best you're doing, then I think everyone's okay with it. Yeah. But if you're not being the best version of you and you're slowing down everyone else, like that mm -hmm. doesn't that doesn't go over well here. Yeah, and you might have a raw like right. That's a mindset. Yeah, shift for that person, and I think that's what happens a lot here with with our team members that have come on. I think their horizons are expanded a little yeah. bit, and they it's it's exciting, and they want to be that. They they want to be the best. Yeah. At, uh, just because of the. In, uh, the inspiration that you get by, by being in this organization. So. Yeah. What do you think makes that like what what is it? Is there anything tangibly that you think is noticeable or different that causes that? Like if you're going to go duplicate it somewhere else. Um. I mean, it's not physically tangible. I think it's it, it stems from leadership. Yeah. Honestly, it's. 
right? It's the tone at the top. So it's, that is your expectation and that's how you approach things. And I think that filters down to everybody, like even myself included. I didn't like, I've considered myself a talented person for a long time and I've been pretty successful at at what I've put my mind to and what I've done, but coming in and meeting with you or working with you, I've, uh, it's really caused me to, to do even more and be even better. Like I've, I've already gotten through 13 books this year. Um, I haven't gotten through 13 books in the past 20 years. Yeah. And in one year I'm able to get through 13 books and I, you know, my goal this year was 12. I'm like, all right, well now I need to bump that up to maybe like 25 and just the voracious learning and, and constant improvement. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't feel like it is a job or it's a task that I have to do. I want to do it. It's, it's motivating. I don't even remember what your question no, was. No, no, you're on the right path. No, I mean, it was, that's actually, well, so I asked Alicia a similar question, which was, I think it was like, do I ever feel like, does it actually feel like I'm your boss was what I think I asked her. And, and she said, well, yeah, kind of, but not like, not really. Mm-hmm. And that almost, I guess if I ask you that exact same question, I think I already know how you would answer it, but, um, but I think part of it rolled, that's how the, like that rolls up to the overall culture of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not a boss. You're more like a partner. Yeah. And I think that's kind of going back to when I said it wasn't tangible. It's, it really is the leadership. It's who you are as a person because it's how you show up. It's how you communicate with people. Um, it's not, it's not this, this is what I expect of you and this is what I want. It's much more collaborative and consultative. Yeah. Um, really it's very similar to how you approach real estate sales too true which is going in and, and doing needs analysis and yeah. figuring out what's important to that person and, yeah and how do we help achieve that goal uh, so you've got a lot of emotional intelligence um there as well so yeah so how do you duplicate that do you go and learn a yeah. lot of you know learn these things and experience some of them i know i don't know how much you've shared with that but like i know you've no. got some experience with doing counseling and things like yeah, that with, sure. has helped shape how you treat Absolutely. people and how you work with people. Yeah. I, I'm fairly certain that you and I can both say that we were shitheads when we were younger. <laughs> For uh, sure. And I don't, I don't think we would <laughs> yeah. view either of us that way yeah. today. So, yeah, you're right though. That makes a huge difference is having the ability to, um, have some emotional restraint and the ability to like label emotions and then be able to label them in other people and mm-hmm. identify it makes a massive impact on that emotional intelligence piece. Mm-hmm. What's interesting too is that like when you say that about that's how I approach sales, I was for whatever reason I just it just occurred to me that when you approach sales as a consultative nature, there's no presentation on earth that can ever beat you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I go in and I ask enough powerful questions to find out the needs and wants of the consumer and then I have a product that meets the needs and wants of the consumer which we do and is no no fancy presentation can ever beat me mm-hmm. because that presentation can never be tailored individually to one person's wants needs and desires and mm-hmm. that's way more powerful than than having a snazzy little marketing presentation mm-hmm. and Truthfully, I guess if you think about leadership, it's probably no different. If yeah. if we have if we meet the needs of our people and we and we're challenging them and we're pushing them to be the best, no no scalable um, franchise or or systems and and models would ever really beat that at a high level. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was going to say just check, taking what you just said and translating into, like, do you think uh, another real estate team or another office could do a presentation to any one of our team members or employees and have them switch? Not if we're doing uh, our job well. No. I don't think so. No. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe if they offered double or triple the money, maybe. But, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's a little yeah. little over the top. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if somebody came to me and said, because I've actually had that question, like, what does it take to get somebody like you? Yeah. Or like, how do we hire you away from Eric? You know, just joking yeah. type comments. I'm like, yeah, you probably couldn't. Right? Yeah. It's it's not going to happen. Like, you're mm-hmm. going to have to have some something pretty amazing, and it's yeah. not going to be a compensation package. Um, just because of all the other, all the other tangible benefits. Yeah, right? there's a lot of benefits of just being with a group, mm-hmm. not even necessarily you, but just the, the team in general. Yeah, um, we feed off each other, and it's very uh, supportive and competitive at the same yeah, time. Yeah, for is sure. Cool. I mean, and it's it's interesting because it's that way with me with Keller Williams, right? There's not a, I can't come up with any scenario in which I wouldn't partner with the company because. At a certain point, it stops becoming about money once your needs are met. It starts becoming about everything else, and mm-hmm. I don't know anywhere else who has a better holistic approach to it. Yeah, and that was like eye-opening for me because yeah. I remember when I, you and I first started working, I was like, well, why are we at Keller Williams? Yeah. Why don't we just go independent? That was my thought process when you and I first started working yeah, together. Yeah, for sure. Um, it wasn't until I really got to see what Keller Williams was and I saw all the additional benefits, mm-hmm. uh, primarily just the openness and being able to communicate with other top agents all around the country, well, really the world now. Yeah. Um, that benefit is, it's immeasurable. It's far more than than what you pay in every year for, for splits and royalty fees and all that stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's been really eye-opening, mm-hmm. right? Because before, you know, I've been in real estate for 12 years before you and I started working together, and I didn't know anything about any agents outside of our market. Yeah. Right, the agents that I thought in our market that were big, big deals—they're nothing. When you start looking outside of our market, For sure. you realize how small they are compared yeah. to some of these agencies out there and some of these teams. And that if was you, really eye-opening. If you think about it, it's crazy now that you mention it. Actually, when you think about what what we assume at a local level is big, um, and then you look—we've had interaction, relatively intimate interactions with four of the top ten real estate teams in the world. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of number four. I mean, we've had we've had conversations yeah. and experience and interactions with with some of the largest teams in the world, and that mm-hmm. wouldn't exist otherwise. And what is that worth? I don't know. It's worth a lot, I think, when yeah. you're talking about about the ten best performers at, at their craft to have gotten any nuggets of insight. Yeah, you're looking at people that are at a point that I never even envisioned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you literally have people that are operating a real estate business yeah. beyond what I could even imagine four years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I can imagine it. And now it's like, okay, how do we duplicate that? How do we replicate yeah. that? What did they, what did they succeed with? What did they fail with? How did they end up where they're at? Right. You and I sometimes are talking about some of the tools that KW has. And we, we first, start using them and we don't understand them. And then we say, okay, well, we'll use this, but we're going to change this, this, and this. And then about six months later, we're like, wow, they really just had it right the first time. And we yeah, should have no, just, kidding. we should have just kept the form the way it was and, and did it this way. Uh, but that's part of the learning process. Absolutely. But well, we wouldn't even have had anything. General. Yeah. We wouldn't even have had anything if we yeah, weren't here. That's true. We wouldn't even, not only not even known it was possible, but even what the first step is yeah. to get there. So, 
yeah, it's been it's been really eye opening and really beneficial. What do you what um I mean obviously you mentioned the book piece of it. I mean do you do you think that there's a like holistic approach to the team besides just business? Is there um, any spillover outside of that that you think our agents benefit from or our team oh, benefits yeah. from? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I just know my own personal relationships, my own personal yeah. life have improved. I'm more intentional with the time that I spend yeah. with my girlfriend or with my family. Um, I'm conscious of those things and they're part of my goals. Like I've, yeah, I've had dreams or things that I wanted to achieve, but now they're written down. I have time frames on them. Um, I'm trying to achieve certain things within a certain period and it's made my life in general much more intentional. Uh, I did plenty of, you know, right. Sit on your butt and watch TV or whatever when you get home from work and not, and that's, that's pretty rare for me now. It's, uh, it's usually working on something. Yes, I do have leisure time, but, uh, I'm, I'm focused on both business goals and personal goals at home, right? Like I remodeled my house last year. I probably wouldn't have done that without having that sort of goal. I redid the landscaping this year at my house. Again, I would never even have had that on my goal sheet or, yeah. you know, it would have been something that just kept falling off the radar and never really doing, um, you know, having scheduled vacation times, making sure I'm, I'm having time for myself to recoup and, and relax and, and get my head back in the right spot in order to keep working and operating at a high level. So, uh, yeah, your I mean, relationship seems better even mm-hmm. within the last 12 months as a benefit of your growth even yeah i I would say it's even longer than that like the first year honestly was kind of tough yeah because it was a it was a transition it was a change of um what i was doing and how much time i was putting in and um there were some there were some unhappy weeks yeah um definitely but now that has actually translated uh, and specifically with my girlfriend like she is much more purposeful with her time and she's got goals and she has things that she's trying to achieve now um, that I think is almost a byproduct of me being here. Yeah, for sure. She's been working on her CPA for the last two years. Like, I don't know if she would be doing that if I wasn't here and hadn't been myself pushed to operate at a higher level and and do better. And she, uh, maybe that's a negative way of looking at it. I almost feel like she feels like she needs to do that. Yeah too to to stay even with me or whatever which is good really i mean that that she knows that you that you can't outgrow her like there's nothing worse than she's proving it yeah (laughs) that's right but it's like oh you're gonna do this i'll do this yeah but like it i mean that which is healthy that one person doesn't outgrow the other one for sure Mm -hmm. so uh last question what advice would you give someone um either Let's go with new to real estate. So obviously you talked about your your experience being new to mm-hmm. real estate. What would advice would you give someone new to real estate? Um, my advice for somebody that's new to real estate would be start building a database. That means going out and meeting people and relationship building. Um, that was the number one thing that's going to determine your success. Yeah. And you can't you can't buy that. Right, you can buy leads, you can buy these things. Those things, all those dynamics change, but the personal relationships and the database that you build, nobody can take that from you. True. Um, and if you're uncomfortable with that, get comfortable with it. 
because you're not going to be successful if you if you don't have people to work with. Yeah. You can be the greatest agent in the world, know everything, know this business forwards and backwards. If you don't have anybody to work with, you're not going to make any money. Yeah. And that was what I didn't understand, right? Because when I when I got into real estate, I was I was a talented person in school, and like I was like I know I can do whatever I put my mind to. Um, but this business requires other people and you can't be a lone wolf and, and be successful at this. So sure. you've got to start building relationships. Even if you're not in real estate now, you think about doing it in the future. That's my, my advice would be start, start making a lot of friends and start staying engaged with those people. Yeah. Um, and it can be family. It can be people that you're in different organizations, whatever it is, but. I think that more so than anything is the most important thing you do as an agent. For sure. 